Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. And at the time I was thinking, let's get it 50000 a month and sell it. And then now the expectations have changed to let's not sell it. Let's hold this forever. Um, let's not raise funding. But then at the same time, let's hit, get it to $100 million a year in revenue. And let's do it with a team of only 50 people. From Milo, it's Freelance to Founder, where we tell the real stories of solopreneurs who've scaled their businesses to something much bigger than themselves. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. On this episode, I talk with Nathan Berry, founder of email service provider ConvertKit. But before he launched the company, he got his feet wet as a web and user interface designer. He then went on to self-publish two wildly successful eBooks, which is how most of the online world came to know him. It's been a whirlwind year of growth for Nathan and the ConvertKit team, so I was lucky to catch him in between conferences and personal travel. What a great story for freelancers. The Freelance to Founder podcast is made possible by our sponsors. Here's Preston to tell you about one of them. Season three of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. FreshBooks recently released some major updates to better help you scale your business. From super fast invoice creation to automatic client reminders and lots of other cool features, FreshBooks is the number one choice for lots of our listeners and readers. In fact, this season, you'll hear from freelancers and solopreneurs just like you who have used FreshBooks to manage and scale their business. Real people who are running real businesses and using FreshBooks to do it. To try the all-new FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, you read so much about these tech founders dropping out of Harvard or Stanford or, in the case of our next episode with Cortland Allen, graduating from MIT to launch their companies. That's not the story I'll be telling you today. Nathan Barry went from his homeschooled upbringing outside of Boise, Idaho, to Boise State University to, ultimately, starting ConvertKit. Now, don't get me wrong, he dropped out of Boise State, but it's still not the path you hear most founders take. Uh, I grew up in the mountains outside of Boise, 45 minutes outside of town, three miles up the dirt road. Uh, I was homeschooled, so uh, that's what my, mo- my mom did, was homeschooled me and my five siblings. And uh, my dad ran a Christian bookstore. It kind of changed over the years, and later it became part of like a campus ministry, and sort of a hangout place on the college campus at Boise State. Um, and then my mom was always learning things, and she would have side projects, and she just was obsessed with learning, whether it was like... She's like, oh, you know what? I decided that I want to become a lifeguard. Or, and then, so she would do that and get the certifications. And the next, she would decide that she wanted to learn Greek. And so she would do that. And then someone there, she'd be like, you know, it'd be cool to be a personal trainer. And so she, then she'd go and get the, all of those certifications. This zeal for learning infected Nathan as well. He not only had that attribute in spades, but he captured another trait from his parents. Um, it certainly influenced me on the education side because. I was always like self-taught, self-motivated because I just saw them like see something that they wanted to learn and they would just go learn it, you know. My mom was much more on the practical or I don't know. Actually, that's not even true because my dad would do all kinds of stuff. Like he built the house that we grew up in. Uh, we never had much money because, uh, you know, it's just all of his income was through, you know, donations and, and things like that. The bookstore, you know, he would gradually build out, like built out a full shop of tools and, and he really knew what he was doing with woodworking and framing and construction and all of that. So if anything, my parents taught me just like a resourcefulness and just like, you know, that I don't know how to do it is not an excuse. Here's how that resourcefulness played out for Nathan. Now, as a homeschooler, you've got to complete certain graduation requirements from some kind of school, whether that's on campus or through correspondence. Nathan saw a future where his friends who were in public school locally were going to be headed out at some point, leaving him behind. Here's how Nathan worked that out with his parents. This high school thing, we're about to launch into it. Is this like a, is this a four years kind of situation? Or is this a certain amount of work? And they're like, oh, it's a certain amount of work. Like, would you like us to write out the full curriculum? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. If you could put little check boxes next to each one so I could check it off when I'm done, that'd be perfect. And they, you know, said, great, here is the amount of math literature, science, everything else that you need to complete um, before we'll consider you graduated from high school. And so seeing that in a list format changed everything for me. Nathan was able to turn that criteria into an action plan and did end up graduating early at 15 years old. He enrolled at Boise State. 
Uh, I, I never looked at uh, other options. Maybe I should have. No, Boise State was a good school, and I didn't really have a strong desire to leave Boise. I had a lot of friends that were going there, and really a lot of my motivation wasn't like, ooh, I'm going to become uh, this amazing student so that I can get into these amazing schools and stuff. I was just like, all my friends are going to Boise State, and I better hurry up and graduate early, not be left behind. So I don't think I, I didn't apply to a single other school, and I don't think I ever even considered it. And he majored in marketing and graphic design. But the lure of getting started with freelance work while in school was too great. And Nathan did really well for himself in this way. Yeah, so I, somewhere in there, in those high school years, I dated a girl who would make websites on GeoCities. And I remember thinking that was the coolest thing of, wait, you could type something in a notepad and then refresh, like save and then refresh the browser. And um, the background color is different. And, you know, and she made these terrible GeoCities websites, but it was enough to really intrigue me. Then I got a book from the library on HTML and just learned that. And then I got my parents to buy me a copy of Photoshop Elements for my birthday. And so then I learned all of that. The first website that I, you know, I got paid 75 bucks to design a logo for the Idaho Chess Association. And then later I had like 300 bucks to build their website. Um, and it just kind of, you know, grew from there. At the point where I was making a really solid living freelancing is when I kind of decided to drop out of college because I was like, I'm here in college to learn how to make money. Turns out I didn't know how to make money. So I don't need these next two years of college. So that resourcefulness showed itself again. A book from the library, a copy of Photoshop Elements, a few clients. Pretty soon you're on your way. Here's where the story starts to pivot. You know, when you get really close with some clients doing freelance work, it's not uncommon that they'll propose you coming aboard full-time. That's a tough decision point. Do you set aside the very thing you wanted, which is freedom to control your time and the diversity of your work, in order to enjoy some stability of income? Here's how Nathan describes his thinking when he encountered this situation himself. He did some freelancing for a while after dropping out. So I did some design work for, I guess, a little over a year. Um, so what happened was I uh, had a pretty successful year of freelancing. I remember pulling off one of those months. I pulled in like 10K in a single month, and that felt amazing. Though it probably had to do with like just the timing of when I got paid, <laughs> um, which is a big deal in freelancing. Um, and uh, then I went on a five-week trip to South Africa with some friends who uh, used to be a pilot over there. And um, so I had to go on this amazing trip. I came back uh, January 2009, hadn't made any money uh, in five weeks, had finished up all my projects before I left. And so I went back to all of the leads that I had and prospects and said, like, hey, let's get ready to start on that project we were talking about. And they were all like, oh, no, like, we're really feeling the recession. And so we're not spending money until our clients spend money. And that was painful. And then one of my clients was like, actually, we have more work. We have so much more work that we'd love for you to come on full time. Uh, that was Unity Media Group. They were software media company, and they offered me a position. And so I was there for almost three years. Say what you want about going to work for what was going to be another client. In this case, it opened up a world of possibilities for Nathan. Remember how it was ingrained in him to seek more and more education? Well, it's all about learning new skills. And that he did at Unity. Yeah, so I learned a lot of coding ability, um, uh, like programming and Objective-C for the iPhone apps. We had a, an iPad app come out the day the iPad was released. So there's some really fun experiences there. That was really where, yeah, where I learned maybe interface design separately from uh, app design, or not separately from web design, I should say. And like, because I really think of those as two different disciplines. At some point, it clicks with many designers that they could or should be doing this on their own again. 
if you're halfway business-minded, anyway. Nathan was more than halfway business-minded, you might say. The problem with freelancing, as maybe you've painfully discovered, is the ups and downs of income. How are you supposed to pay your bills this month if your number one client is going to pay you next month? That's the problem Nathan wanted to think through or solve before leaving Unity. I always thought that I would go back to doing things on my own, whether it's freelance or products. I really wanted to get into selling products, mainly because freelancing has this like this crazy income roller coaster of like even just if a client pays you like 30 days late then you're expecting like, oh, that $4,000 is going to show up in this month and that'll cover these bills. And, you know, and then they're 30 days late. And the, it's just like this up and down. There's an emotional roller coaster that goes with it. And so I didn't want to go back to freelancing um, un- until I had products to help even out that roller coaster. And so um, I ended up building a couple of iPhone applications. And that, you know, the, that's where I got that, you know, couple couple thousand a month of baseline income to really smooth out that income, like to smooth out that roller coaster. And so I left the company after they had some, uh, they lost a big client and they did a few rounds of layoffs and I still had my job, but I was like, ah, it's time to move on. Creating a few products is easier said than done. It's one thing to design well for someone else or even your own employer. It's another to put out a product that people want to pay money for and rely on. Coming up after the break, was there a pattern to the products Nathan created? He mentioned a couple of iPhone apps, but did he have everything mapped out ahead of time? Also, what's the number one most important thing you can do in parallel while creating your product? Nathan shares that secret. Season three of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by our good friends at FreshBooks. Lots of freelancers in the Milo community choose FreshBooks for their invoicing and client management needs, including this guy. Hey, Ian Paget here, host of the Logo Geek podcast. Ian's an extremely talented designer, which means he can't be sending out invoices that look like they came from a free Microsoft Word template. I've been using FreshBooks for just over a year now, and the thing that I love most about it is that I can create, you know, really great-looking invoices very quickly. If you'd like to join Ian and start sending out beautiful invoices, plus create those invoices in less than 30 seconds and schedule automatic reminder emails if your clients forget to pay those invoices, well, then you should visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the how did you hear about us section. This season is also sponsored by Storyblocks. Have you ever been in the middle of a client project, your client has gone over scope and over budget, and getting the right visual elements for the project will take some kind of miracle? Well, Storyblocks brings you over 400,000 photos, vectors, textures, and icons, all for one super low annual price. Plus, for Freelance to Founder listeners, you'll get seven days free by visiting storyblocks.com founders. That's seven days free access to almost half a million quality photos, vectors, textures, and icons. Visit storyblocks.com slash founders. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we talked about Nathan Barry leaving Unity Media after having created a couple of his own iPhone apps, his way of squaring up his income before heading back to freelancing. He actually created numerous products, WordPress themes, a local social network, an app to help build daily habits, and then the more rapid growth came with his landmark ebook packages, the App Design Book and Authority, an ebook about establishing your expertise in the marketplace through content. These took off. 
Those last two led him to a belief about launching products. I think a lot of people make something and then they're just like, I made this thing, now buy it. And they don't put any thought into like the actual launch or the, the process leading up to now go buy it. And so that's what I learned through the process is that you can't just put something out there and expect it to sell. I thought that the work was build the product and then sell it as two totally different phases. And really, they're so intertwined. So the iPhone apps were the first time that I probably put a lot of effort into promotion after launch. And then when it came time to launch the books, I started to learn about, okay, how can I build my own audience you know, through writing tutorials and getting people to sign up for a pre-launch list? My books were really the first time that I started to have a lot of success of building up anticipation and a pre-launch list, all these things, before launching a product. So what did he learn about the idea of a launch versus just having a product? And where did he learn it from? You know, then that actually geared up to a launch being an event. Because people want to talk about an event. They don't want to talk about like, oh, I made this thing and then you can, you can buy it if you want to, I guess. Um, they, they want to like, on this day, you know, on September 12th, this is coming out and here's what you'll get with it and all this anticipation and hype and here's why you should buy it now and not two days after that. Um, and that makes all the difference when it comes to actually earning money. Yeah, I probably learned the most from Chris Gillibo. Um, he's got a bunch of different books. His most famous one's called The $100 Startup. Um, and in those early days, uh, yeah, I, I learned absolutely the most from him. Launching is pretty cool. It's good. We've shared numerous stories on Freelance to Founder of entrepreneurs who've made a big splash with a new product or online course right out of the gates. Tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands in revenue in a short period of time. Our conversation with Joanna Weeb highlighted her first foray into launching new products and how she's put an airtight system in place since then. What did Nathan learn about launching and himself with his successful launches? Yeah, I we got really good at you know launches in this this event and this big spike of revenue. And then I also learned the downside of it is that following that spike is a big trough, you know, a big valley of revenue. And so I was like, oh man, it'd be great if I could have some recurring revenue to even this out. He'd gained experience in app designing, but not actually starting, let alone running his own software company. So he took a look at a few people he respected or followed or was friends with. He looked around at these friends and saw where they were with their businesses. And he decided to take one full week of brainstorming ideas for what his software company would be. He relied a bit on a mentor and coach named Amy Hoy to help him stay focused and ultimately select what would become ConvertKit. Listen to how she helped him zero in on what SaaS product he should launch. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was definitely daunting. I don't think I felt like I had the formula. Um, Everyone that I talked to was doing it. It felt like on such a big scale, but in hindsight, it's such a tiny scale. Brennan was just getting started with his app. I remember talking to like Ruben Gamas from BidSketch, Amy and Thomas who ran Freckle. Um, I followed their stuff a lot. And so I remember seeing those examples. I remember talking to someone else who had an app that was making like 80000 a month, just thinking that was absolutely insane. Like how much, like it's so much money, um, which now in hindsight is kind of funny. Um, but, you know, those are kind of the goals I was looking up to and, and, that was what I was trying to build it to. It was an interesting time. I definitely expected it to be hard, but it was, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. A 
quick side note here. The Brennan that Nathan was referring to a minute ago is Brennan Dunn of Double Your Freelancing and Write Message. Brennan was on episode one of this season. Based on my conversation with Brennan, I asked Nathan if this was a case of him being reactive to a market opportunity in some positive way, or if something more simple was at work. The answer? Something more simple was at work. Yeah, it took me like, I don't know, the blog posts are public, so we could just check the date stamps between them, but like seven days or something or five days, it, it was quick. Uh, Amy Hoy helped with that a lot in those early days of like, I was trying to come up with SaaS of any kind, and she was like, ah, why don't you solve your own problem? And why don't you sell to the audience of designers that you already have? Um, and so then I was like, okay, my own problems. Well, this email thing is totally a pain. Like MailChimp sucks for this. Um, you know, and I was like, I can do way better than this. That's how we kind of launched down the email path. This story isn't all a bed of roses. And Nathan hinted to it at the very end there. ConvertKit didn't burst onto the scene, surge into the thousands of users, and instantly earn him millions. He almost had to shut it down. A year and a half into it, late October 2014, he was just about ready to pull the plug. He had paying users, he had a viable product that people seemed to love, but he was just kind of stuck, not really growing. So what happened that catapulted Nathan's business to a staggering 828000 in monthly revenue? I think I like, I don't know, maybe this is kind of a cop-out answer, but I like to just focus on the things that the things that I like, and this, this came a lot from, you know, what I learned from Amy early on. And I think all of that conversation is probably, probably public somewhere as well. But, uh, just in those early days, once I learned to go after solving my own problems and, and those kind of things, and that just really drove everything from then on of like, okay, well, do I want to keep working on this? Do I want to? And even if no one else is buying it, is it solving a problem for me? And that just drove so many of the, so many decisions from then on. And that's like ultimately why I chose to st- stick with ConvertKit because I was like, oh, no one's buying this, but I still like it and I still use it. There was a little bit more that went into how Nathan decided to stick with ConvertKit. And that was a conversation he had with his wife. So it was a rough time when deciding to, you know, shut down or double down on ConvertKit. But um, kind of what, what did it for me was um, realizing that uh, the worst case scenario wasn't that bad. So my wife and I both kind of separately came up with our own worst case scenarios and hers was like that, um, you know, if ConvertKit failed and all of this, that like we'd sell the house that we just bought and remodeled and all the stuff and like move in with her parents. And, um, and then I was like, well, my worst case scenario is that I'll get a consulting job. When we kind of laid that out, I was like, oh, well, the worst case scenario is not bad. Like, um, I'll just be doing design for someone else. And so then that made it pretty easy to decide to double down on, on ConvertKit. What's the worst thing that can happen? We've heard that type of advice a couple of times from entrepreneurs taking the risk to go all in on whatever their endeavor was. Doubling down on ConvertKit meant Nathan had to just about empty his savings to invest in the company. He wasn't open to outside investment at that time or taking on a partner with deep pockets. He just made the thing great. Oh. And he ratcheted up his sales efforts at landing big-name customers in the online creative space, like Pat Flynn, for instance. Now, when I say online creative space, what do I mean? Well, you're undoubtedly on someone's ConvertKit email list right now at this point. 
the calling card for ConvertKit is its ease of use for solopreneurs. The company zeroes in on attracting those wanting to build their own businesses. They're not too worried about attracting restaurants needing to manage an email list or e-commerce companies or other businesses. We're talking bloggers, podcasters, freelancers, course makers, you and me. And now that they have over 15,000 customers, and remember, he was going to pack it in just three years ago, how has Nathan's life changed? Yeah, well, I spend a lot more time in meetings than I used to. And for the longest time, I, I you know, I did a lot less design. There's kind of a middle two years there um, where I didn't really do any design work or did very little. Um, and that I didn't enjoy so much. And so I actually spent like the entire first half of this year on product design and user experience. Cause like that's one of the score, the, the, the core skill sets that I uh, bring to the table. Um, so that's why like we ended up redesigning ConvertKit from the ground up and just designing this amazing user experience around our, like our visual automations and everything else. And that was like a very therapeutic thing for me because I got to kind of go back to my roots and be like, Oh yeah, I've still got it as a designer. Like, <laughs> so that was really fun. But my mindset has, I mean, has definitely changed. I used to think in terms of wanting to be like a solopreneur and the real value is not having a team and, you know, you just get to do whatever you want and you can up and go on vacation for a few weeks if you want. So let's have like the simplest, easiest to run business possible. And now my mindset is changing. Like having a team is absolutely amazing. And I couldn't imagine it any other way because like, you know, when I am off to Europe to speak at a conference that like there's 29 other people who are doing meaningful work all the time and they care about it a lot and they're all more talented in their areas than I am. And so we can make stuff that's so much better. Initially, it was like, cool, if I get converted to 25000 a month, that would be amazing. Later, when deciding to double down, I remember thinking and talking over with a friend who was you know, going to join as our first employee, oh, we get this to like 50000 a month. You know, This is a time where we weren't even at 2000 a month. That would be incredible. And at the time, I was thinking, let's get it to 50000 a month and sell it. And then now the expectations have changed to, let's not sell it. Like, let's hold this forever, you know, or 10 years minimum. Um, let's not raise funding, but then at the same time, let's hit, get it to a hundred million a year in revenue. Um, and let's do it with a team of only 50 people. That's the goal. And it's going to take us a while to get there, but I'm very confident that that's going to happen. So the expectations change entirely, like from, oh man, if we could get this to even less than a million dollars a year, that'd be amazing. Um, to like now we're doing $10 million a year and it's like, all right, I see a clear path you know, might take us five years or 10 years, but of going from that 10 million a year to a hundred million a year. And so the expectations have gone up significantly. In working heavily with people like you, my dear freelancing friend, to help them grow their audience and having been there himself, Nathan has an interesting insight into what he would tell someone plodding along as a freelancer today. What would he tell you about what next steps you should be thinking about? That's a good question. Um, so as far as those skills, I think I guess it depends on which angle they're coming at. But I, I think on one side, people don't have the hard skills that they need. Like they're like, oh, I want to make money on the internet or I want to start a company. And so they just jump in and start doing it. But they lack hard skills as like a designer or a copywriter or a programmer or something like that. Um, and they're just trying to hack it and get by. And like having those hard skills makes such a difference. It's so helpful. Um, but then on the other side, if people have those skills, then they're often just trying to live on that alone. And it's like, if you want to make a product successful, you have to get your hands dirty and do sales. You have to get on these 
get on calls and um, send out cold emails and everything else. And you have to learn marketing. Maybe there was a time in the past where you could be successful as a great designer or as a great marketer. But I think these days you've got to pick up more skills and, you know, maybe tying this all the way back to uh, my parents of like my mom always learning these new skills. And you just have to have that mindset. It's not like I'm a designer. I'm good. It's like, I feel like I'm confident in my skills as a designer. So now I'm going to turn to programming and I'm going to get good enough at that, that I can at least communicate well with my engineering team. And then I'm going to turn to marketing and I'm going to get good at marketing. And then I'm going to turn to sales and I'm going to keep picking up all of these additional skills as much as possible. Cause that's just the world that we live in that everyone's constantly learning and you have to as well, even if you just want to keep up. And that is the story of Nathan Berry, founder of ConvertKit, author of Authority and lifelong Idahoan. Coming up in our next episode, Cortland Allen. You'll hear his unique story of evolving from freelancer to founder and back to employee. He's the founder of Indie Hackers, which he sold to Stripe in 2017. You're going to love his story. If you are the type of person to spend a ton of time reading, let's say you're at your developer job and you've been interested in this forever, you've been reading every blog post about it, you've been talking to people about it, you've been watching interviews about it and listening to podcasts about it, but you haven't done it, there's no amount of additional reading that's going to get you over that edge. For people in this situation, what I would say is there's never going to be a time where you're just ready. You just need to start building something right now. For Preston and the rest of the Milo team, I'm Brandon Hull. Keep those iTunes reviews coming. And thanks for listening to our show. We'll catch you next time on Freelance to Founder. Thank you.